You like the feeling that I could do whatever I want and you have no power? And they did like that. He would take straight duct tape and wrap it around their face. Oh, my God. Yes, and around their mouth where they couldn't breathe. And then last second, he would... Welcome to Talk Murder to Me, guys. We are coming live to you from Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, in our new studio. That's right. We got a brand new studio space. And it's still the guest bedroom, but it's a different (laughs) guest bedroom. It's larger than life, like us. Does it spice up Uh, your life? No, that's like the Backstreet Boys song. Spice up your life. Yeah. He d- like, I know he said larger than life, but I'm saying, does it, does it also spice up your life? Nah. So tonight's hint was posh, guys. And Nicole and I were, were looking for um, Spice Girls drinks. And I actually found... Did you, know, did you know that there was a Spice Girls musical a few years ago? I did not it know It was that. in London. It's called, it was called Viva Forever. It, it ultimately closed down. They're talking about maybe reviving it. But I'm kind of sad that I didn't get to go see this musical because I'm sure I would have loved it. You guys know how much we love our Spice Girls. Um, and I don't know. Depending on what time we finish it, maybe we can watch Spice World. Anyway, so we found I found these drinks. Each Spice Girl had their own drink at the bar in the in the theater. Uh, so this one we're drinking tonight is the is the one for Posh Spice, and in it is um, apricot brandy, mm-hmm. a sugar cube doused in grapefruit bitters, topped with champagne. So it's a fancy drink. Um, and then in the pictures, they dressed all the glasses up. I mean, we didn't go that extra mile because we're just going to drink it. Let's be honest. And It looks nice. It does. It looks pretty. So cheers, guys. Cheers. That is really good. Jen, did you have a spice girl that you related to most? Uh, sporty spice. I would ag- Obviously, I would agree with that assessment. You're very athletic. Yeah. Um, I was. I wish I was Sporty Spice because, like, Sporty Spice was the cool one. I felt like I felt like she was kind of, like, the badass. She didn't really give a really? shit. You thought she was more badass than scary? Not that I didn't like Scary Spice, but the fact that her name was scary makes it a little scary. Honestly, she was a little too wild. She was one that wore a lot yeah, of leopard she was print. Wild, yeah. And I don't like animal print things. Yeah. Like, that's, I, that is something I've carried into did, my life. Did you have um, the Spice Girl Barbie dolls? Because I did. Um, I did not have Spice Girls Barbie dolls, but I definitely had Spice Girls t-shirts. Mm-hmm. I have um, one now that I still wear. It's, it's in the laundry, so I couldn't find it to wear tonight. The, I am wearing my uh, I Heart London shirt. The Spice Girls was the first CD that I had ever received at, really? for Christmas. You know, I was listening to the to the Spice Girls, like because I listen to them all the time, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> I do love them. I love them. But you know what? It's kind of like scary that we were listening to that as like very young girls i mean they did promote a lot of positive things girl power yeah but they're also overtly sexual in their music yes and i think reflecting on it now like i said i want i really like wanted to be sporty spice whenever you got wants to play spice girls i always really wanted to be sporty but i was never sporty like ever in my life i was really actually a posh spice i think when i reflect back on it yeah i also really liked baby spice because she was like too sweet. Cute. One. How yeah. many of these girls all are there? Five. Five. But like everyone, you know, you tend to pick 
the girl whose like hair color you have so that you're you kind of most like resemble them who am so i so i didn't like baby because i wasn't blonde not that i didn't oh. like her but i didn't I didn't ever pick myself to be her. Like when I was a kid, I remember when we, when my friends and I we were choosing like the in-sync guy that we would bang, you know, end up with. Yeah, like, Lance Bass is gay. Yeah, I, he was my favorite too, actually. <laughs> Me too. But I mean, I that's... was also very anti-Justin Timberlake because it was my sister's favorite and I wanted to be different. Turns out she picked the best one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I also twenty had, years later. I, I initially picked JC Chazé. Oh yeah, I liked him and too. And I told I, I remember specifically. You know why you have like those really specific childhood memories. Mm-hmm. And I remember having a conversation with the girls in my like fifth grade class. I was like, no, like I have to have JC because we have the same initials. <laughs> like, That's so funny. I remember I had an in sync book. And it had like it was like all about them. Oh and yeah, they had I their had pictures. the little mini ones. Yeah. Oh, I oh had all yeah. That stuff. Brought into school. How about you, John? What? Who's your favorite Spice Girl? He doesn't. I'm know. more into you know science and stuff like that. Yeah, oh please, you liked the Spice Girls. <laughs> no, I did not. You still like the Spice I did, Girls? I've never liked. You the Spice watched Girls. Spice World with us one time because. I lost a bet or something. I no. didn't want to watch it or there's nothing no, we else just, on. We no. watched it on a Sunday morning and had brunch. Yeah. It was nice. I think we should do that again. Yeah. I remember being really hungover and only wanting bagel bites. Yes. I was like adamant I needed bagel bites in my life and I watched I remember the story that about was bagel after, bites. Um, I don't know. Not important. The important thing is that we got to watch Spice World. What was your favorite scene? Oh my God. Can we please get on with the episode? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> All I right. guess. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, but when Posh Spice drives the bus, oh. hold on to your niggas, girls. Or also Sunday <laughs> drivers. It's only Saturday. <laughs> yes. Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they were surprise. Chocolate. Bing bing. Creme de coco. So we uh, got some new Supremos in the house. Yes, and we apologize because i think uh we've talked about and interacted with um several new taco supremos but we never formally kind of welcomed them and shouted them out properly on the show Mm. so we have shannon aka chevette who joined us we also have danny danny Danny. and chevette are both from massachusetts um and i will say danny Pretty much blew everybody's mind. We were having a great conversation in one of our fireside chats a couple weeks ago. We were talking about the um, Michelle Carter. Carter, thank you. And um, we were having a really good discussion with our Taco Supremos, and Danny brought up an amazing point. John, do you care to recall what Danny's amazing point was? I'm on the stance that Michelle Carter is innocent because a suicide is a suicide. And a lot of the Taco Supremos agree with me, but he said... What if she had done this three or four times? You know, would you still think the same? That was a very interesting perspective and take on it. So thank you, Danny, for um, blowing everybody's minds on that one. And then we also have Morgan, um, who is a new Taco Supremo. Uh, Morgan is a fabulous special education teacher out in Wisconsin, um, Morgan, we've already had some really great conversations. We are so thankful and appreciative 
of you and your support. And we also have a Taco Supremo Heather who has joined us locally here in South Carolina. And if you're wondering if you're new to the show, what is a Taco Supremo? So if you're a Taco Supremo, you are supporting us in our show. We are a small time podcast trying to make it big someday. Um, And so when you join us as a Taco Supremo on TalkMurder.com, it's a yearly subscription, $40 a year. We've got exclusive content, including episodes. We've got um, exclusive case file picture information that John posts, um, which only the pictures are available for Taco Supremos, exclusive access to our fireside chats, a Taco Supremo t-shirt, which you can only get via a uh, talk murder subscription, a talk murder to me die cut sticker, and this just in with our package, along with a handwritten note from us, is your option of a cartoon of your favorite serial killer. We've got Ooh. Bundy, we've got Dahmer, we've got Ramirez, we've got Kemper, Kemper, and we've Gacy. got Gacy. Yeah, and they're almost out. I think we have. I think we still have all of them left, but they're running out. So Who, make sure you get them now. Who's the most popular one so far? Um, actually, I think Jeffrey Dahmer and then Ted Bundy. We haven't done a couple of these. We've only done one of these, actually. So I'm surprised that um, Ted Bundy is not raking it in right now. So anyway, welcome, New Taco Supremos. We appreciate you. Joining our cult community and supporting us. its really It really means so much. Mm-hmm. We do have a contest that we've got going on for best iTunes review. So we're going to do this until we get to 100. We're almost there. So if you want a $100 Amazon gift card, you have to leave us a review on iTunes. And it, it don't just write, if you want this gift card, great podcast. If you leave us a five-star review that is detailed and descriptive, not only will we shout you out on the podcast, but you will get a $100 Amazon gift card. So we've got a couple new reviews so far. They haven't topped the first two that we got that came in, but we did get a couple just this week. Nicole, where are we going? Who are we killing? I thought about the where are we going, but that's really as far as I got mentally in preparation for this episode. So I think we're going to, I'm going to say Great Britain. Um, I will be very specific with my choice of words, not necessarily just England, but Great Britain. And I think the butler in a fancy English manner kills the, what are they called? Master of the house? I don't know. Master of the house. Dun, 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 dun. And this takes place in 1942. Oh, I will be, um... Less specific, but more specific, I guess, because I don't want to say the exact same thing as Nicole, but I also thought we were going across the pond. So I'm going to say London Town. I think that there's like a fancy party that someone gets killed at. Like a Gatsby type party? Like flapper style? Tonight, guys, we are reading from a couple books. John Douglas's book. You guys know how I love John Douglas, even though if you guys remember the John JonBenet Ramsey episode... He actually thinks the Ramses were innocent, and he went to bat for him. Now he's like very uh, smart. I think dude. he's I love wrong some, about it, though. I mean, th- this guy John Douglas basically created FBI profiling. So I can't remember if this was something that we have recorded, but we—I know you and I were talking about this recently. If there is one question, like if you know, if you, yeah, you if you could it. invite one person to dinner, 
deceased or alive, yeah. I would fucking invite JonBenet Ramsey to ask her who killed her. Damn. Man, I really wish I knew. So wow. if you guys listen to our earlier episodes, one of the challenges was if Jen and Nicole can bring up Spice World somehow. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know Posh was a Spice Girl. Oh, how did you not know? Because I don't listen to Spice Girls. Shame. Stop yeah, so now right I now. put myself Thank in this. Thank you very much. I need somebody with a human touch. As soon as, I, as, soon as y'all hey, said that. you oh always on the run. Gotta slow it down. Oh, this is really out of key. We're usually pretty good about that, but like. We'll try again I, later. Yeah. As soon as I sent that text <laughs> and you guys sent me a, like 10 Spice Girl gifs <laughs> or gifs or whatever. It was I amazing. I was like, holy shit, I've fucked up. But. Yes. The episode, the hint is posh. We're not going to the UK, Damn. unfortunately. Shit. We're going to Miami Beach, and we're going to be looking. <gasps> oh, yay! Yes, thank is God. Is this the Versace thing? Yes. I'm yes. going to smell to you. So we're going to be talking about the assassination of Gianni Versace. Yes, we can watch the series on Netflix yes, after first this. first episode after this. And this, this is going to be a two-part series because there's too much about this guy number one he's the first spree killer that we've looked at so we got to do the psychology of that plus he's a complete narcissist plus i mean gianni versace is you know american crime story on netflix you can go after you listen to part one and two go watch that because if you don't if you don't know the facts and just watch the show you're probably not gonna be able to follow it because it's it's a lot of random killings and stuff. Hmm. And the show really doesn't bridge it together unless you have a basic knowledge. And the book that we're reading from is Vulgar Favors. It's by Maureen Orth. Hmm. She was the investigative journalist that covered Andrew oh. Cunanan uh, throughout this whole manhunt. It's like is one of Andrew, the largest manhunts. Andrew in, Cunanan the killer's name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He also went by Andrew De Silva. Anyway, oh. uh, Maureen Orr, she covered the entire case, and this book is the definitive guide to this case. If you want to know everything you can about Andrew Cunanan and the death and murder of Gianni Versace, this is the book to get, I promise you. And it's, it's really long. Honestly, I don't recommend it because it takes 200 pages as a true crime book, 200-plus pages to actually kill someone. It's a lot of background. Yeah. But I truly didn't know that there was even a murder about Versace until, like, you guys were arguing about, not arguing, but talking about how it was on Netflix. We're going into a completely different life than what we're used to. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff that I've never even heard of. So you want us to get in touch with homosexual culture? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, basically. To become familiar with the... We have talked quite a bit about... There's a lot of, like, homosexual cases that we've done. Yeah, but those were... A lot of those were closeted. Okay, like, Mm. Gianni Versace was very openly gay. And I have a lot of respect for him. I thought he was just some fashion designer with too much money. Because he has a mansion and all that stuff. This dude came from nothing at <laughs> all. And he would actually make his own fabrics oh, wow. as a child yeah. when there was nothing. Like, for instance, he made this one fabric. I can't remember the name it of like it. It was like chain link, right? It, it was so smooth and soft. And you can wear it in the summer. Linen? It was, no, it wasn't linen. It was some new fabric he made. 
That's impressive. And it's like a true American success story. And Andrew Cunanan is the exact opposite. And we'll get into like why that, why I think So that. I didn't know that the guy who killed, I mean, I truly know nothing about this case, but I didn't realize that it was a spree killer. Yeah. Especially like you would think that it was like almost like a targeted assassination. You know what I mean? It is. Of a right, wealthy so person. So does this guy only kill wealthy people? John Douglas ahead. actually referred to it as a, an assassin, like an assassinator. He's an assassin. Huh. So he kills like high target Not, people. I don't think assassination is the great, the best word choice. It, I think spree killer is the best because this, and then we'll try to get into the psychology, hmm. but the psychology of a spree killer is like basically, oh, I killed one, I killed two. Let me just see how many I can kill in a short period of time. Kind of like a mass murderer, but not just all in one event. Wasn't, it's within a very short time frame. Didn't we talk about frame. one spree killer before? Wasn't Robert Garrow a spree killer? We talked about the, yeah, I know Ted talk- Bundy became a spree killer too. I, I think it's different because. Ted Bundy's killing people for other reasons. I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. What we're going to do is the first episode is going to be out on Taco Tuesday. The second one should be out for non-Tacos Primos on Friday. I'm going to try to put it out a day early for Tacos Primos, and we're going to record that one on video so you guys can watch us in studio on part two, our new studio. Before you watch the Netflix documentary, you need to at least listen to part one and part two because it'll give you more of a grasp of what's happening in the series. Because I'm going to go over all the facts and stuff like that. The series jumps. Mm-hmm. We're also going to be giving away this book to a Taco Supremo. So if you're in a forum and you will read it, if you want to read this book and you'll read it, you're not just saying it. Contact me. I'll send it to you. I'll sign it and you can read it. It's really good. It's in three parts. Part two is when they start killing or when Andrew Canana starts killing people. Part one is basically <laughs> the homosexual life. And I've learned a lot of, of just, stuff since reading this uh, book. <laughs> of the killer or of, of just the whole like Versace. The Versace world is in the nineties, but it's almost like a subculture of the homosexual community, especially in Miami Beach with all the clubs all the drugs. It's a different world. Like, I'll try to explain it the best way I can on this episode, but I'm telling you, it's a completely different world. That's why I took her 200 pages in part one. Just to explain it. Yeah. Hmm. How many murders are we talking? Uh, he killed five people, and then he killed himself. But you know you can go and find some other. Take it easy or just don't even bother. You know who you are and guess you're gonna break down. You cross the line, so you're gonna have to turn around. Okay. We're right on Miami Beach, the very tip of Miami. Go to talkmore.com if you are a Supremo. If not, go to talkmore.com slash join. See these pictures. I'm putting. A, I'm doing a lot of case file photos on this. We're looking on Google Earth right now. Look at those pots mm-hmm. for those trees. They're huge. Yeah. Massive. So we're on Google Earth right now, and there's a lot of tourists just in front of the Versace Mansion. It's a very popular attraction. To be right at the point of entry, the Iron Gate, where he was brutally murdered Mm -hmm. in broad daylight. Oh, wow. People are taking pictures. There's probably still blood that you could see somewhere, maybe behind the gate or something. If you really 
If you really looked, I bet you could see some of Versace's blood. And in fact, when he was shot, people were going and you know, putting, it's very and, possible getting because the blood. marble is very porous. They, they were doing anything to get the blood so they can sell it. Versace was very oh famous. Yeah, people were taking photographs and there's one They're dude trying that, to sell the blood. Yes. He he wasn't a internationally known figure. And now he is. Until he died. Until he died. But within the Miami community, he was very well known. Okay. It's not like if you go out, because there's a lot of rich people in Miami, you may see Versace and you wouldn't even know it. Because, I mean, he's like it's not little... like a, he's on TV all the time. True. You know what I'm saying? But he's a fashion designer. So you may hear his name, obviously, but you You might won't. think he's dressed yeah. really nice. All right, so we're going to July 15th, 1997, and we're going to start with the Versace murder. Was Versace his last yeah. death before his own? Yeah. Okay. Which is why I think John Douglas labeled him an assassin, because he did target Versace. Interesting. And he also had a weird obsession with Tom Cruise, and he threatened <gasps> to kill Tom Cruise's wife, Nicole Kidman, at one point, so what? he can have the actor all to himself. I didn't so know that. I'm guessing. So is the killer gay? Yeah, yes. he is very much gay. Hmm. July fifteenth, nineteen ninety seven, broad freaking daylight in the morning time. Hmm. Gianni Versace, every morning, same routine. Now he is a very, very wealthy man at the time, and even till this day, his company. Versace. If you guys don't know what Versace is, that means you can't afford his clothes. <laughs> I do have perfume by Versace. Yeah. That I'm, counts. I, if, unless you got a podcast. If you got a podcast, then you're rich. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I we know wish. what Versace we... is, and I can't afford his clothes, so. He was in the process of taking his company, Versace, public. He was. He had uh, all the paperwork done to be on the New York Stock Exchange. I, I just, the company is still private now because huh. his... A sister, Donatella, mm -hmm. decided to keep it private, which I think is smart because once you take a company public, just like Apple, you got to release iPhones every year to make the investors happy, and then the quality is shitty. It's just like Perry Ellis. No one likes Perry Ellis. Everyone loves Versace. Boom, I know my fashion. Interesting. Yeah. Or Tommy Hilfiger. You can buy Tommy Hilfiger at TJ Maxx. Well, Try to buy freaking Versace at TJ Maxx. Very rarely. I did yeah, buy because a pair of Fendi sunglasses once at TJ Maxx, but his, other than that. I mean, we have Perry Ellis at BJ's. Exactly. That's Perry the point Ellis. he's trying to make. I didn't say Versace. Do you have Versace at BJ's? No. He's saying Ver Perry Ellis. No, Ellis's I know. Public. I'm just yeah. saying. When, when you I, take a company public, it's like, oh, I got to make all this money and all these materials, and then the, it just goes downhill. So maybe it's. Not a godsend, but I Steve honestly, Madden. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Steve Madden. Yeah, that's so uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they IPO'd, yeah. I mean, it's kind of yeah. I see yeah. your point. The reason I chose Posh is because that is the only hint that you could have, you could give for this case because that defines this whole guy one hundred percent. And I didn't even know that was a Spice Girl. Well, we appreciate you. And I definitely regret it. Giving us that. <laughs> Every morning on routine, he walks to the local newsstand mm -hmm. and gets the papers. He gets the vanity fairs hmm. and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, he's got he's to be in the know. 
Sure. So it's an every morning thing. Right. And then he comes back and he starts his day, which includes managing his business. And by that time, his business was thumping. Everyone wanted Versace. I mean, it's probably still do. I don't know. Yeah, it's I mean, still we, a, we yeah, run it's a podcast. A very, I don't very know. prominent brand. You know, we shop at Old Navy here. True. Yeah. This is true. I do love me some Old Navy. Mm-hmm. In the morning, he's walking back. He just barely woke up, walked to get the papers. Now he's coming back. He's fiddling with his key because he's got that wrought iron gate with the, the famous, you know, the Medusa symbol? Yep. The yeah. famous Medusa symbol? Yeah. Mm-hmm. With it's the, the snakes in the hair? It's the f- yeah. um, face of the brand. Like if you Google Versace logo. Yeah. Oh, I never realized that. So this... So I'm showing on a picture of the Versace Mansion Gate, which is now a luxury hotel, which it should be because it's very posh. Anyway, he's fiddling with his keys trying to get back into this wrought iron gate. And I'm telling you, you got to see the pictures. It's a, it's a beautiful, it's beautiful, beyond mm-hmm. words. Yeah. I mean, what a king would live in. Uh, you know, the interior is, I mean, he's a fashion designer. Anyway. He's fiddling with these keys, and then there was a woman walking by, one of the only witnesses. Through her eyes, this is what she sees. She sees a man in a baseball cap and sunglasses briskly walk up to the Versace gate. And Versace just got back home. He's got his newspapers and magazine. He's fiddling with his keys. And then he hears the man say, Gianni. Hmm. call his name out. Versace turns his head, and right then, the man, Andrew Cunanan, pulls out a forty caliber pistol, Hmm. which I'm going to talk about what a forty caliber is compared to a regular gun, and he shoots right in broad daylight at Versace's head. The bullet travels out of Versace's neck. He shoots him right in the back of the neck, and it travels out. The bullet splits apart on the wrought iron gate and just like a freaking scene in the Sopranos because the bullet fragments on the wrought iron gate and kills a white dove (gasps) perched on top. So think about a pure white dove is now dead right beside one of the biggest fashion designers in the world is is how symbolic yeah exactly they thought it was a mafia hit because they were like this had to be planned but no it was just coincidence that's weird the first shot didn't kill him but then he turned his head the second shot hit right in the side of his right before his nose like the right nasal yeah the nasal cavity right up there with a 40 caliber gun this is a big boy pistol the um pulp fiction guns like yeah 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 big this ass is guns. almost like a dirty hairy gun it's I huge seen dirty hairy bigger bullet equals bigger hole like rambo style bullets I'm showing the ladies bullets because they've never seen them before I've shot a gun once this is a forty caliber. I've been to one shooting range. You see I kind of want to go to the Palmetto Armory and try it. Most of the guns out there are nine millimeters. In fact, the FBI just recently, I believe, switched over to a forty caliber because a forty caliber is most likely to put someone on the ground. If you guys know who Fifty Cent is, he got mm-hmm. shot nine times with a nine, uh, with a nine mil, mm-hmm. and he's still alive. Once in the face. 
I don't think it'd have been the same if he got shot with a forty. Mm-mm. I don't know. I'm not fifty cent. Just keep in mind it's a big gun. He also was using a different kind of round called the Golden Saber. And from Bass Pro Shops. Wow, that sounds like something out of Star Wars. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> um, you can you can buy these at Bass Pro Shop BassProShop.com. I don't know if they're illegal now because I know hollow points are, and these sound exactly like hollow points. Bass what is Pro, a hollow point? A hollow point is basically it's a point, you know, the bullet point as you're looking at on the uh-huh. screen. There they don't have any filament in it. When it hits the skin, it expands oh. fragments, which is why it's more dangerous because all those fragments go everywhere in your body. Okay, but if it wasn't hollow, it wouldn't fragment. It would just most likely go right pierce through, through. Okay. Pierce through the skin like the magic bullet. But hollow points are illegal because of that. And this kind of sounds like it. So the Bass Pro sells the Remington Premier Golden Saber, and it has 339 five-star reviews. Quote, combines four critical elements of a handgun bullet performance. Match type accuracy, deep penetration, which has nothing to do with the story we're talking about. Maximum (laughs) expansion, which also has nothing to do with the story we're talking about. And virtually 100% weight retention. You know, I feel like if you were just to read the description but not say what it was, I'd be like, dildo. It's a review for a dildo. Yeah. Nicole, can you please read this? Versace lost consciousness instantly, his brain dead, although his heart continued to flutter and was kept beating by the paramedics who rushed him to Jackson Memorial Hospital in Miami. Andrew had come up from behind, holding Jeff Trail's forty caliber Taurus semi-automatic straight out in front of him, pointing the long barrel at Versace's neck, right behind his left ear and cheek. The first bullet cracked the base of Versace's brain, fracturing his skull and tearing the upper part of his spinal cord and neck. Andrew was so close to his target that the bullet produced a stifling effect, a tattoo of burned gunpowder the size of a half dollar on Versace's neck. Hmm. And the Netflix documentary doesn't point out how brutal this is to be close range with the golden saber rounds straight in the head. He has a hole in his head. Do you understand that? Like a an actual hole going through his head. I'm like, thinking back. Were, I'm thinking back to Space Jam and the cartoon where yeah. they ha- have like little cartoon guns. Boom, boom. And the weird thing is, is the dove. Yeah. The dove yeah. is so coincidental. That's weird because it's just it was just the whitest dove ever. And like you don't, those aren't common in the wild. Yeah, and like it was, was just, it was it one that he owned? No, it was just perched right up on his gate. And I mean, just think about like a mafia hit, like The Sopranos. You always think about the white dove. Yeah. Well, I'm also <laughs> now thinking since we just watched the Escaping Neverland documentaries, how the lady released white doves when oh, each yeah yeah when each sentence was cleared. What was that one thing we were watching where they released the doves? You know, because people died. I can't remember what it was, but they released the doves off the side of the interstate, and they went into the road, and like two of them got hit by a car. What oh my was god! That? I was oh like, god. what the fuck? That was awful. And they uh, were in a, what were we it watching? was like at a big funeral or something. They released them and like these cars like ran over two of the birds and everyone just pretended like they didn't see it. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh I don't gosh. know if I know what you're talking about. <laughs> it was so bad. And the guy that released them because it was like a big cage yeah. and he, all these doves, they go straight towards the interstate. And it's like, <laughs> and the guy like looks Are back. Are you sure you're not 
not talking about airplane? No, this was a real thing. It was like one of those missing children documentaries oh my gosh. or something. It was That's awful. Yeah. It wasn't was even like, like a theatrical event. It was like real life. No, it was real. It was like a a real thing. Oh my gosh. It was I think it was like that missing kids documentary. And he was like, These doves symbolize the foreverness that our kids will have in our hearts. And then he pulls the gate up and then like they all fly towards the road. That's terrible. <laughs> and two of them just get smashed. Oh my God. <laughs> it's awful. That's awful. And then like the guy's like, like his face just like drops. He's like, oh fuck. And he, lo- and he looks at like the entire funeral procession. He's like, that look that did anyone see that? Oh my god! <laughs> and then everyone saw it. I feel like that's it. something that would happen to me. <laughs> everyone like, saw it, Jen's but then funeral. no, not at my yeah. funeral. Like I would be the one releasing oh. the dogs, <laughs> and they would fly into traffic, and everyone would just look at me, and I'd be like. I didn't train these doves. Right. <laughs> Literally, everyone saw it, but they all got that face where it was like, "Oh, I didn't see anything." <laughs> Because these doves were to symbolize the foreverness of our kids. <laughs> they just get smashed by oh, exact words, oh, too. Foreverness of our kids. It was so awful. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. That's funny. <laughs> anyway, Versace was very openly homosexual. Mm-hmm. So his longtime boyfriend, Antonio Amaco, Played by Ricky Martin in the series. Oh, really? Is it really Ricky yep, Martin? It is. Oh, Living oh the I had no idea. Really? Andrew Cunanan shoots Versace in the face and just walks away calmly. Now think of that woman that is literally walking there. She is 30 feet away from Versace who just got assassinated and this guy with a 40 caliber, I don't even think he turned around to look at her. He probably would have shot her. He just yeah. walks away. and so Doesn't Versace, even run? Nothing to see here. Run. Just he keep moving. He walks away and the... <laughs> The staff at the Versace mansion, because they got staff for everything, you know, cooks. Well, that's where I'm kind of like surprised. But they they start running after him. What struck me when you first started to tell the story is that he's like dangling his keys out, ready to open it. He has no security guard that's like watching for him. Who would think the nineties? Who would think someone's going to come up? I know, but he's... In the morning time, before noon, and shoot Versace in the face. he's a celebrity. Not really. He wasn't... High security, No one People in Miami knew who he was, and he was very friendly in Miami, but... I mean, who would want to assassinate Versace? Before we really get started with this episode, I want to make sure we're all on the same page with some of the lingo. Not everyone answer at once, but I'm going to say a word. Do you want us to, is this like a word association game? No, you you actually just tell me what it means. All right. Oh. S&M. So, uh, sadism, sadism and masochism. masochism. Yeah. So what is that? Not sadism. 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 Yeah. <laughs> sadism is you, when you like to hurt others and masochism is when you like to be hurt. In a sexual matter is when you like get pleasure from hurting someone else or pain from on yourself. It's like BDSM bondage domination sadism and masochism. So one of my former roommates, Kat, so there was this one guy that she was dating in Charleston for a very short period of time, but she was too afraid to sleep with him because he told her that that's what he was into. So she told, she didn't tell me this until after they, maybe it was right before they broke up. Cause she was like, I just can't do it. Cause he was into like, not just that, but like the outfits with like leather leather and stuff like that. Yeah. So she was like, And it was so funny because I remember at first, I think she met him online 
she we went out to brunch with a whole bunch of people when they had just met i remember her telling people that he's the one and we'd be like oh that's great that's so awesome and then like a month later she had to break up with him because she just couldn't i couldn't either that's too weird i don't know i don't think i could do that well, this story goes. You think like nipple clamps or like things like that? Yes. Ah. In depth in the story. Now, a lot of the clubs had people walking around in masks. If you, you remember um, American Horror Story with the black guy, oh, the, the black suit guy, yeah, the uh, leather, the le- leather man, Leatherface, or whatever. Le- what was his? It's name? crazy. It's no, crazy. Leatherface is like a nickname for oh. a real serial killer. I think. Oh yeah. But I know. No, why- Leatherface is on a. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's what it was. Yeah. For a side conversation, I love American Horror Story and American Crime Story. The O.J. Simpson one was very well done. Yeah, that was great. And Ryan Murphy, his his projects are are awesome because he did Glee too, hmm. and um and that Scream Queens that was on for a couple seasons. But I think that he is is excellent. I love his I love his work. Next word, kept boy. A kept boy. Is that someone that, like, is, like, your secret lover? What do you think? I'm going to say a kept boy is a, like, kind of like the opposite of a sugar daddy. So it would be, it, it's, it would be like the counterpart to a sugar daddy. So a, a in a homosexual relationship. So I would say Versace would be, like, the sugar daddy and the young boy who is at the sugar daddy's beck and call would be the kept boy. In the next episode, we are going to be talking about a real estate mogul that hardly ever makes the news because his family didn't know he was homosexual. But his name is Lee Miglin, and Andrew Cunanan was his kept boy. So you have a wealthy real estate developer, and what a kept boy is is basically, okay, here's your apartment. Here's your private cell phone. Here's your infinity. He was driving an infinity. Don't ever contact me. I'll contact you because I have a wife and kids. Oh, so I, that's so a kept boy. I was fairly so close. Yeah, you were. So it's like a sugar daddy, can, but no one knows. If you can, so yeah. that's what I said, secret lover. So if you combine our answers, we're both right now. I didn't know this until I read this book. But a kept boy is basically you don't have to worry about financials or anything. Andrew Cunana didn't have to worry about financials or anything because if you're a kept boy. For a wealthy, prominent real estate developer with a wife and kids at home, you know, because his wife and kids doesn't know he's into SMS or SMS. SMS. SOS. SMS is text messages. SMS. Yeah, I'm into SMS too. He doesn't know you're in, your wife doesn't know you're into SMS. Your wife doesn't know you're into SM, you know? SM. Your wife doesn't Just know you're into. Just think of in, the Rihanna song. Na 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 na, come on. If your wife doesn't know you're into SM or that you have a gay lover on the side, you might want to get a kept boy and just put him in a nice apartment that is not on the books of your real estate company that no one knows about. Hmm. And every time you want to get leathered up, chained up to the bed, and tortured, then you call Andrew Cunanan, your cat boy. Okay, next one. Uh, Farrah, so he, he was the dominant in that relationship. Andrew Cunanan was never the submissive. Really? Yeah, he was the, the he was dom. He was the dom. Knocked up by the dom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, interesting. Um, Ferragamo. 
Nah, I don't have a guess for Ooh, that. Ooh, Ferragamo. He's a designer. Oh! And fun fact, <laughs> my one of my best friends in the yeah. whole world, Katie, she is related to Ferragamo. Her, I think it's like a distant, like a second uncle or something like that. And when we went to Florence, her family, so we were in uh, Italy for like, we spent five days in Rome with our group, five days in Florence. And then we all kind of dispersed for the last five days of our trip. Mm -hmm. Her, after we went to Florence, her family met her in Florence and they like went to Ferragamo's like house or something like that because they're related to him. That's cool. Yeah, it's another thing that we all wear constantly because we have a podcast and we make millions. <laughs> okay, and last one, one, Glory Hole. Oh God, oh, we all know what that is. And I, I do want to say, guys, if you're sitting at home, you know, with your wife and kids running around listening to this, uh, be sure to type these words into Google of uh, S and M Glory Hole. You know. Yeah, Google and, image that shit, yeah, kids. Yeah. It's a hole that's cut into a bathroom stall in the men's room. I always thought that was fake, but apparently it's a real damn thing. Have you ever and seen a glory hole? No, because I'm not gay. <laughs> I know, but if they're in public restrooms, to, don't she said? You have see you ever it? seen one? Not have you ever used one? Uh, no, I've never a uh, freaking hole in the freaking bathroom stall. Yeah. I mean, who even drills that damn hole? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know how these things it, work. Like, <laughs> carving it with a fucking. They, steak I don't know. Knife. They bring a power drill and they're like. Someone brings a power drill in there. And, and, uh, I don't know. How else does it get there? Drill a glory hole in. Somebody's got to put that damn hole in there. It's not made with a hole in exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody's it got it. Is there a company that makes uh, <laughs> bathroom <laughs> stalls with glory hole bathroom stalls? There probably is. Google it. Yeah. Um, also, please don't. Who is Andrew Cunanan? He was a very smart guy. Very smart kid. 160 IQ. He was put in special grade programs for the smart. That didn't sound smart, but very, very smart. Are them guy. smart kids? Yeah. Who, so, like in advanced placement courses, you mean? Yeah, advanced placement. Now, he loved to think of himself as, quote, spoiled youth personified by the drugged out rich kids. His story is very similar. In fact, one of his favorite novels, Brett Easton Ellis's novel. Do you guys know who that is? I have one of his novels. No, I don't. It's called American Psycho. Oh, and I saw seen that yeah. movie. <gasps> That's one of my favorite movies. And one of his other novels, Less Than Zero, which was one of Cunanan's favorite novels, hmm. it was about the drugged out kid, spoiled youth kind of thing. So is he a spoiled rich kid? Is that what you're trying to say? Spoiled, yes. Rich, no. His dad, his name was Pete. Pete always wore expensive suits, would buy expensive cars and expensive homes. And I think Andrew believed this was all for real. Andrew was led to believe by his father that he could attain anything he wanted to attain. And I know his father spoiled him rotten and gave him everything that he could possibly want. Andrew's dad, Pete, was a Wall Street trader. He got his start at Merrill Lynch, and he was very successful hmm. until he wasn't. Oh, But was very similar to Andrew. You can definitely tell where it is. It, he wanted to wear the nicest suits. The nicest shoes, even if they're on credit. No one knows that. Drive the nicest cars. Live in the nicest house. But at the end of the day, his dad got fired from six different trading firms. Quote, a lack of productivity. He wasn't making any money, but he still wanted to live that high life. That baller life of, oh, I'm this rich Wall Street guy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Andrew followed that 
And throughout the story, he's basically a spoiled kid entitled. He was rich, but, but no longer. He doesn't have that support system of actually being rich. All right. So anyway. He must um, have been in a lot of debt. Oh, yeah. His entire family. He was the youngest of four. His dad was the only one making money, and the whole family spoiled Andrew. All right, Nicole, read this. Of all the children Pete has, he put so much attention towards Andrew, maybe because he thought Andrew was so good looking. It was not healthy, says Delphin Labeo. His father spoiled Andrew, made him feel like he's got to be somebody, and maybe that rang a bell in his uncertain mind that was that was what life was all about. But at the end of the day, his dad wasn't making the money he used to make and his mom didn't really work she has four kids andrew being the youngest but they still put andrew in the rich kid school now he graduated from episcopal high school in la jolla california now this was a school and if you read the book everyone there their family's net worth were over a million and there was one line that i read one of the kids said andrew gave off the impression without knowing that he was trying to achieve this goal of being wealthy when everyone else didn't even think that that was a goal because their families were 50 million, 100 million, half a billion. Mm -hmm. Everyone in that school was wealthy. And you have Andrew Cunanan has to go around impressing all those people, try to be one of them the entire time. And then his dad basically loses his job, loses all the money, and he's still trying to impress the kids. But Andrew was also really smart. Like I said, 160 IQ, read all the freaking time. And this was one of the ways he infiltrated a bunch of high net worth, elite celebrity, often social circles, because he knew so much about everything, architecture, art. He could talk all day about renaissance compared to impressionism or whatever like he could talk all day about that to some of the people that are the highest up in that hmm. does that make sense yeah like he was very any, well cultured he was very cultured that's a good point yeah very cultured but he was just very real well read mm. very smart kid his mother would actually withhold sex from his his father to get what she wanted she wanted a new purse you ain't getting any of this until I get that new... The muffin shop is closed. <laughs> <laughs> the Andrew Cunanan manhunt was one of the largest in the nation. He made the FBI... Bigger than Robert Garrow's Big Mouth oh, Adventure? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, Andrew Cunanan Shit. made the FBI top uh, most wanted list. Yeah. No one knew where he was. Hmm. He was a spree killer, which means he ain't gonna stop killing unless he's dead or he gets caught. And then he kills Versace? Holy shit. And then he kills himself. And then he kills himself, but they didn't know that at the time. And a lot of the police get a lot of backlash from this. It's And it's always the same thing. In all the newspaper articles I read, it was like, oh, the police don't care because it's a homosexual thing. The police department, 11 police officers on that force were homosexual. So that ain't the excuse. The excuse was you couldn't catch this guy because he was all over the fucking place. Well, he's also really smart, you yeah. know, it sounds like. So he... Probably would have been hard to predict. His dad, right after the manhunt ended, said, I want full rights to the full documentary series. All this stuff. Brilliant. He was like, you got to pay me a lot of money. But at that time that he said that, he left his wife of 27 years and Andrew, this is before the spree killing and stuff, 
when Andrew was still in high school, his father leaves after he gets fired from the Wall Street trading firms. He goes back to the Philippines where his family's from. He leaves his wife at 27 years with no income support whatsoever. The only thing he she was getting was a measly like $600 a month pension from when Andrew's father was in the Navy. And then that eventually stopped. Who would leave your wife of 27 years and flee to freaking Philippines and with then, no and support? And then return. No, not return. Like, I'm, I'm leaving. He never came back? Never came after, back, never supported the family. He, how did he say he wanted the rights to the son's story? Because he wants money. Did he it, come back to the States when that happened? No, no. He, he's been in the Philippines. But he said, oh, hey, if anyone's going to make money off this, it's gonna if, be if anyone wants to, that's a... I've said that just perfect. If anyone wants to make money off this story, you got to pay me first. That's what his dad said. Now, his mother still believes Andrew. I don't know if she's passed away or not, but by the time when this book was written. How does one have the rights to your own story? I don't understand that. It's just what he and he was, you know, he was, we remember we were talking about like the yeah. McDonald's monopoly thing. And we, we had just talked, th- we talked about this a couple months ago. We talked about how the story just had the right sold to, yeah. I remember if it was like dreams time or whatever. And Matt Damon is like bought the script or, you know, bought the story so he can write the script and they're going to make a movie out of it. Like, I don't understand how you can own a story. I don't know. You know? I think maybe because you have exclusive information and yeah. since you're getting paid, like you're not going to give that information to anyone else, maybe. Yeah, I think that's the only way. I don't know. After 27 years of marriage, he just leaves his wife to the Philippines. Not only the wife, all the kids and Andrew. Andrew's still in this rich-ass high school. Now the family has no money at, at whatsoever. So how is he going to pay for the high school? Exactly. Credit card. When this happened, Andrew went to, he, he just graduated the high school and he was in college. We had to drop out because there's no money. So now Andrew is still living this life. Basically, I got to impress everyone, pretend I'm all rich, wear nice clothes, but I can't even, I don't even have money. My mom doesn't make any money. We're fucked. Now at 13, he has his first gay experience. As soon as he has his gay experience, and I hope I'm not sounding insensitive, but I feel like unlike a lot of other people, as soon as Andrew has it, he's out flying high with it. I mean, he's telling everyone. He's, and people o- he's openly gay. He's very openly huh. telling everyone. And and that was one of the psychology, like, he actually got people's, he loved attention. He liked to be the center of attention. And in his high school, that was one of the ways he could do it. It was by, by making everyone know that he was the gay kid? Exactly. Because even there were a lot of gay kids in that class, probably, but none of them were, everyone was scared was to come out. Was he flamboyant? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Feminine mannerisms and voice patterns. He has to impress everyone. He's just like his dad. He has to wear the nice shoes. He has to wear the nice Ferragamo. But he doesn't make any money. So how's he going to do that? He had a job at like a drugstore, but... He's got to go hooking. Hell yeah, he's got to go hooking. You want to make that money? You want to make that bread? You get out on the street. And that's what he did. But he did it smartly because he wasn't just a hooker like Eileen Warnos. He was a, Proper quote, term is sex worker. Oh, sorry. He wasn't a sex worker. He was a, quote, high-class male prostitute. And he actually had a subspecialty, which... S&M. S&M. Ding, ding. Which means he gets paid a lot. Mom, you'd be so yeah. proud. Because <laughs> there's less S&M people out there. 
I would get, yeah. Yeah, so he gets paid more, subspecialty. Oh it's like on his uh, LinkedIn page. Oh, God, I have another side <laughs> story to tell you. Shit, I'm uh, sorry. This is this is really funny. So my mom it was thinking... Is into s and No, stop. So my mom was thinking about um, expanding some of her day-to-day, like, you know, day-to-day things. She's obviously, she's a professional chef, went to the Culinary Institute. And so she was thinking about maybe doing some cooking for people, mm. like cook, pre- prepping meals. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, how funny. And she gets a phone call and she says, you know, I do, because my mom eats the same things that we do. She's, mm-hmm. She can do paleo, keto, all, you know, whatever, you know, gluten-free, whatever, dairy-free, suiting various dietary needs. And the first call that she gets is from a woman who calls her and says, you know, God, I just really can't cook. My schedule is so busy. I, I just really need someone, you know, to prep for me. So my mom's having a conversation. She's like, well, do you mind if I ask what you do? And she's, well, I'm a hooker. <laughs> she said hooker? Ah, uh, what did she say? I don't think she used the word hooker. <laughs> did you say it like that with a country accent? I'm a hooker. She didn't say hooker. What did she Is say? Is that not the right word? Am I being insensitive? Well, uh, I'm just saying what Grace said on the website. She the proper said, term is sex worker. I know. I think she would. Because I know I can't say the W-H-O-R-E because that offends people. And yeah. I don't mean oh, to offend I think people, she's, guys. I, I think she actually used the word she's a call girl. I think that's oh, what I think that's what yeah. she said she was. And she's like, does that, you know, does that make you uncomfortable? My mom's like, oh, no, like my best friend's a therapist. I've heard it all. You know, go for it. And so she's saying, you know, yeah, my work schedule is just so crazy. I like don't have any time to cook or eat. Um, and I do intermittent fasting and all this stuff. So, so my mom's like, you know, trying to talk to her and and she said, well, what are your, do you have weight loss goals? And then, um, and then she's, she says, well, I mean, I, if I need to lose a hundred pounds and then I'll be able to do what I really want to do. And my mom's like, just, she's like, well, just fucking ask. So she's like, well, what is it that you really want to do? And she goes, well, if I lose 100 pounds, then I can do porn. Oh. <laughs> and my mom's like, okay, like, that's great. Good for you. And so they're chit-chatting more and more. And then, you know, there was like, she had too many dietary restrictions. Like she wanted to lose weight, but she wouldn't eat vegetables. And she was doing intermittent fasting. And I was like, I just don't think this is probably the right fit. And she lived a little bit too far away for my mom to be able to deliver the meals. Yeah. And she can do porn now. BBW. Anyway. Big, beautiful women. That's what that stands for. Anyway, so there you go. Call girl. Call girl. Uh, <laughs> one of our talkers, Primo's Grace, pointed out that I shouldn't use the word W-H-O-R-E. No, hooker. Or hooker. So I won't use the word hooker. But I don't try to be insensitive, but you got to understand, I grew up on a farm. I don't know. Like, this book shocked the shit out of me. I was like, what the fuck? S&M? Like, I mean, some of the stuff that they were doing. like, what is all of this? Like, like, uh, oh, man, we're going to get into it. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, Andrew had to be the life of the party at every party. And in fact, if he wasn't, he'd get pouty, which, you know, I'd do that too. So (laughs) I I guess we shouldn't go into that. This is true. (laughs) Baby. Now, he also developed uh, narcissism. A lot of people think he's a straight narcissism. Mm -hmm. Huh? Is that something you develop or is that something you just are? I, I don't know, but uh, read this about narcissist. Maybe you're born with it. Maybe, maybe it's, it's Maybelline. Maybelline. I said it first. I win. 
narcissists get hung up on their image. In effect, they cannot distinguish between an image of who they imagine themselves to be and an image of who they really are, writes psychiatrist Dr. Alexandra Lowen. Narcissists do not function in terms of actual self-image because it is unacceptable to them. Elizabeth Oglesby, a psychologist who later lived next door to Andrew in Berkeley and befriended him, believes that Andrew was a narcissist. Narcissists look at people as objects that they can consume or use. His parents were just there to serve, adore, or cater to him. It is not unusual, according to psychotherapists who have studied narcissism, that in unhappy families, the mother may choose a son to lavish her attention on and may use him almost as an emotional stand-in for the husband who has rejected her. Which is a textbook example of Andrew Cunanan and his mother. In fact, when this book was written, I don't know about her now, what her belief system is, but she said... Not my Andrew. He's a saint. That was a mafia hit. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and everyone in the house on the planet was like, no, I'm pretty sure it was him. <laughs> you know? But anyway, so she may still believe in his innocence. Jen, do you want to tell us some? Thing. Jen, do you want to tell us what you know about narcissism? Um, since you were a narcissist? <laughs> What's it like being you, Jen? <laughs> oh, it's a struggle every day. <laughs> Uh, I'm just joking. She's not. Oh, is it narcissism a DSM-5 thing? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's a disorder. Oh, I wouldn't call it a really? disorder. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, uh, psychopathy. What are the five? Wait, how many disorders are there? Oh, a lot. Oh. Yeah, there's a whole fucking oh, book of it. I thought there were only five, but that means that there's five versions. No, a P- a PTSD huh. isn't even in that one, is it? The, yes, it is. Oh, so, yeah, narcissism is an actual disorder, which... And they say the same thing about uh, psychopathy, but honestly, I think psychopathy is actually, in my belief, a genetic advantage. Because if you think about it, if you're running around the wild as cavemen, you'd want to be a psychopath in order to live. If you start having empathy for other people, you'll get your ass killed. So I think psychopathy is actually a genetic advantage. Now, there's a lot of psychopaths out there. That's a very interesting there. thought and very controversial. Thank you, John. Yeah, uh, yeah. and Targus Primo is be sure to combat me on that. There's a lot of psychopaths out there that don't kill anyone, a lot of business people and stuff like that, and they function just fine. Uh, fun fact, guys, Nicole scored, scored a 24 out of 40 on her psychopathy test. I did not. That's what you scored. And it was out of 30, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, was it? No, it was out of 40. Yeah, because okay, I scored like a three out of 40. anything over thirty-two is a psychopath. And remember, uh, remember had, how you lied the first time uh, about your score? Yeah, that is I think that's a sign of a psychopath. Yeah, but yeah, the yeah. way I'm eleven, that we should take that test together because the way I answered it is the way I think the world should be. Psychopath. Signs of psychopath. <laughs> yeah. But that's why I came up with this thing. It's a, gen- a genetic advantage. If you don't have empathy for people, then you'll survive. You know who would say things like that? A fucking psychopath. <laughs> yeah. hey, See, man. it's like part of my job to have empathy for people. <laughs> that's probably why this sure, podcast works so well. It's kind of part of mine, yeah. Yeah, because I'm a closet psychopath and you guys are... <laughs> so I think yeah, psychopathy... It's a, it's a good dynamic. I think psychopathic is a bad rep because there's Spoken a Spoken like of, a true psychopath. <laughs> There's a lot of psychopaths out there that are just murderers. I'm just teasing you. you know? You're not a psychopath. Maybe this is uh, the sign of narcissism, but Andrew told a lot of lies. A lot. He was a pathological liar? A pathological liar. Elaborate lies. And here's a few I'm just going to run down that you'll hear later in the story. Uh, one, his father owned sugar plantations in the Philippines. 
Number one, that's, I mean, we know that's not true. You know, the thing about lying is I feel like when you lie, you can't stray far from the truth. Mm-hmm. But the, I want, the thing I want you guys to understand about Andrew Cunanan is people knew that he was full of shit, but they still accepted him. They start because some of the lies he told. All right, for instance, he said his his middle name is uh, Philip because, according to him, he's quote Prince Philip. He was also like the English prince. Yeah. So further in the book, he was talking about being in charge of building the sets for the movie Titanic. He was also Jewish, which is not true. He's fucking Catholic. Jewish and part of the Israeli defense military. <laughs> the idea. He's straying way too far from the truth, man. But people wouldn't call him out on it. That's the thing. If he Probably said because something. because they were so exhausted from the lies. Exactly. Yeah, but then you become the boy who cried wolf when, when you finally say something that's true. People pe- don't believe you. Andrew was a closed shell, almost like me. Would not let anyone close. But he would never let anyone in at all. And the way that he would combat that was basically tell all these lies. Like he was Jewish and part of the Israeli Israeli military. He was Catholic and from the Philippines. It's also very interesting that someone would lie about that because usually people get made fun of for their Jewish. I'm part Jewish and that's just not something that. it, It is more common for people to make fun of you for that you know, mm-hmm. um, um, for that heritage. Also, and I say that as being half Jewish. Also, he, he changed his name. He didn't change his name. He went by the name Andrew De Silva because Cunanan may sound like a foreigner name of non-wealth. De Silva. It's a Portuguese name. And which later actually confused the police. The police got a lot of shit for mm-hmm. this. Number one, everyone's trying to catch this damn spree killer because he ain't going to stop. And... Probably the most damning, and maybe this is a self-fulfilled prophecy, he told a few of his friends, because he was openly gay, quote, if I ever find out that I contracted AIDS, the AIDS virus, I would go on a five-state killing spree, Hmm. end quote. Wow. (laughs) Which came true. (laughs) So did he have AIDS? Was that the trigger? No one knows for sure if he had AIDS, even to this day. Yeah, you would think that they would have tested that on his autopsy, no? I couldn't find any... Kind of strange. Any report. Maybe I'll look harder in the second episode and tell you. Hmm. But no one knows if he had AIDS or not. Maybe no one knows if that was a catalyst. I don't think they did test it, to be honest. Or if they did, they kept it under wraps. Hmm. I mean, that could have been just... Even if that wasn't true, that could have just been his excuse in his mind to be like... Yeah. And that's oh, that is I'm going to go crazy and snap one day. That is a very short list of Andrew's lies. He has met and spent elaborate time with almost every celebrity out there, even though a including lot of the them, Spice Girls. Even though a lot of them are like, "I never met this guy in my life." Well, like he's a pathological liar. Yeah. Um, did you know that 50 to 75 percent of of, narc- of people with narcissistic personality disorder are male? I believe that 100%. Maybe women don't go in for that. No, I think that's a distinctly male type trait because I think it's perpetuated by our society as well. Well, it's not like a huge – there isn't a huge prevalence of people who are actually diagnosed with this personality disorder. It ranges from 0 to 6.2% in community samples. 
Hmm, that is small. I'm mm-hmm. surprised. And um, the narcissistic traits, and I'm reading from the DSM-5 here, uh, may be particularly common in adolescents and do not necessarily indicate that the individual will go on to have narcissistic personality disorder. Individuals with narcissistic personality disorder may have special difficulties adjusting to the onset of physical and occupational limitations that are inherent in the aging process. In order to be diagnosed with NPD, um, you need to have a pervasive pattern of grandiosity, need for admiration, and lack of empathy, beginning by early adulthood and present in a variety of contexts, as indicated by five or more of the indicators. It has a grandiose sense of self-importance, um, for example, exaggerates achievements and talents, um, is preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love, believes that he or she is special, and unique and can only be understood by or should associate with other special high-status people, requires excessive admiration, has a sense of entitlement, is interpersonally exploitive, uh, lacks empathy, is unwilling to recognize or identify with the feelings and needs of others, is often envious of others or believes that others are envious of him or her, and uh, shows arrogant, haughty behaviors or attitudes. So you need to have at least five of those categories in order to be diagnosed hmm. um, with narcissistic personality disorder. So far, it sounds like he expresses a lot of those. Yeah. All right, let's talk about dungeon sex. <laughs> Changing gears. Yeah. Can you read this, Nicole, about dungeon sex? Mr. S. Leather Co. and Fetters USA of San Francisco, where Andrew Shopped is four stories high and publishes a 289-page catalog of sex devices ranging from elaborate suspension cages and electro-torture equipment to butt plugs, flogs, gags, masks, handcuffs, hoods, the latest in hospital restraints, tit clamps, the and nineteen sex <laughs> handkerchiefs. <laughs> I wonder if like nurses shop there for actual oh, patients. <laughs> and nineteen <laughs> handkerchiefs of different colors, each with a different sexual meaning when worn on either the right or left side. Red on the left means fister. Red, red on the right means fisty. Ooh. Gray oh. on the. You talking about fist? Yeah, yeah. like fist. Where? Where? Where do you think? Up the booty. Where else could it be for a guy? There's no way you can get a fist up up there. No way. Sure, babe. No. Yeah. How? I can barely get my toothbrush up there. You put remember, a you put someone's fist the, um, in a booty remember hole. Remember the grinder to the graveyard yeah. episodes where they, you like take the drugs to relax you. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah you do it enough. You yeah. do it enough. Oh no, fisting. Uh-huh. Um, uh, gra- hey, excuse me, are you the fister or the fisty? What <laughs> side are you wearing your hair? You should better fucking picture, answer that yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, don't don't ever mix up the left from your right. That yeah. is a serious yeah. problem. Oh, did I ever tell you about that? When I was, where in- are you gonna go with this? <laughs> When I was uh, getting my prostate examined <laughs> in the military. Tell, yes, you yes. promised yeah. you tell the story. I no, Jen hasn't heard it. I haven't told you this? I think he has. No? No. no. Yeah, so like Jen I, hasn't heard it. Number one, you only need your prostate examined if you're over 40. But with the military and the training I was going through, everyone had to get it examined. I was literally like 23. No, I was like 21. So I go in there to get my, you know, basically you bend over a table. And they do what? And they put a glove on and then stick their finger right up your boots. Just one finger or two? Just one. Mm-hmm. 
But and so like I go they're in checking there for like polyps and stuff. Or I don't know what they're checking for. Uh, Large gland. What was that movie that uh, that uh, Stifler? He had milk in the prostate. I don't know. Anyway, I walk Stifler, in. Stifler isn't that American Pie? Yeah, remember he got his prostate milked. I don't remember. So I walk in there to get the procedure, and it's this big black woman, a BBW. You know, and she had a huge finger and I'm like, you got to give me anyone else but you. And no, Did you say that to her. No, I didn't say that. But I was thinking, it's like, you got to be shitting me. Are you kidding me? She like, had man hands. She had. Yeah, she had freaking huge hands mm-hmm. and she put her glove on. Did she have long nails? She didn't have long <laughs> nails. No, she put her glove on and she was like, just relax, sweetie. And then I was like, Ugh. it hurt really bad. And then, not even a week later, it was like three days later, the uh, the first sergeant, he comes to me and is like, uh, Sergeant Perry, your prostate exam paperwork isn't here. And I'm like, no. The reason I'm walking funny still, first sergeant, is because I got my prostate examined. And you know, because you were, like, the whole troop was there. And he's like, I'm sorry, I don't know what to do. I think they fucking, now that I think about it, I think they took it on purpose. I had to go they back. Fucking with you. I Were you the go- youngest one? I was one of the youngest uh, ones. Yeah, they may have yeah, been like hazing never- you. Oh shit! <laughs> I never thought about that. I had to go back. Not even three days later, and that same woman, and I was begging her. I was like, "You remember me? Remember? Like you remember you me? You remember my butt? Please." Uh, <laughs> <and> she- <laughs> Look at this cute butt. Please. And she knew. She stuck it right back up there. Sorry, the paperwork. There's no paperwork. This will only take a minute. Just relax. I was like, shit. Anyway, that's my fisting story. Uh, gray on the left means bondage top. Gray on the right means bondage bottom. Hunter green on the left means daddy. Hunter green on the right means wants daddy. Mr. S is a gay father and son business. We're just like Macy's, exclaims proprietor Richard Hunter, with slightly different displays. <laughs> different displays hospital restraints <laughs> that's interesting though with the uh, difference between the hunter green and the red and the gray is that like on the other two it seemed like the dom was wearing the right except for that last one. Oh, i was not paying attention to that oh the hunter green was daddy if they were on the right on huh. hunter green on the left was once daddy but the other two were seemed like more submissive so that's interesting huh. A lot of psychologists and people in that field believe strongly, and the FBI also believes this, that S&M, which is sadomasochism, masochism, sadomasochism, can lead to very, very violent behavior. Hmm. The freaking story we're Makes talking about sense. now. Yeah. yeah. I think it's interesting. On We're on psychology today, and the, the headline is the psychology of sadomasochism, and the sub- Title is an attempt to explain. Yeah, an attempt. It's like I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. But it. it the person lead. writing this article does not partake. Yeah. So if any supremos out there that are into sadomasochism, just beware because it could lead to some very violent behavior. Oh, I'm so glad that you. That's what you said because I thought you were going to say, "Please let us know." And I was <laughs> like, "No, we're all set. We're good. Thanks." Uh, <laughs> but if you want to share, I mean, go for it. Uh, yeah. Okay. You can share in the private forum, but. Leave me out of it. Don't tag me. Now, the... Uh, tag FB- Jen. Make her blush. FBI profile 
profilers actually said that Andrew Cunanan fit three different things that all led to a very, very bad time, which was S and M. I was going to say fit three things yeah. up his butthole. I was, <laughs> I was like, how many fists? Uh, Oh, no, God. he he was into S and M. He was into S and M porn watching, and he was into drugs. In fact, we're going to talk about the drugs in a little bit. Fake it till you make it. Andrew did hang out with the social elite. That is the damn truth. Mm. He he hung out in those circles. He could talk to you. I mean, even the the forty caliber he was carrying around, he could talk to you all day about the different weights and handles and everything, uh, all these things. He was very well-read, very cultured, like you said. Art, especially that higher social crowd would love the art, the fine wines. He'd wear the finest clothes. I mean, he faked it. Most of the time in this story that I'm telling you about, he actually had a lot of money. And we're going to get into that. um, Well, right now, I guess. So, he would actually fund his lifestyle by number one, being a kept boy, and number two, being a huge drug pusher. Hmm. Of now, this is crazy. When I saw this, the the homosexual community, especially down, like especially in California and stuff like that, was huge into crystal meth. Huh? Because crystal meth, like GHB relaxes the, you know, the booty hole. Mm. And it also gives away to inhibitions. So if you're worried about the AIDS, getting the AIDS, you take a little crystal meth and now you're not worried about it. That's where the term barebacking came from right there. I've and never heard that term before. So, not, neither have I. Explain. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Pro> pack Mountain. <laughs> uh, that's actually what I thought yeah. of for a second. Uh, barebacking is when you do not use condoms. And that oh. is especially in the gay community, that's very taboo because the AIDS virus is so rampant. At that time, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, these some of these guys are rich people and they're doing meth. I'm like, what the fuck? Meth? So he actually started supplying... A huge population of the homosexual community, especially the dungeon people, with the meth they needed. I'm talking about crystal meth. Crystal meth. Breaking bad the shit. shit. Yeah, yes, breaking mm-hmm. bad shit. The shit that you break out in all kind of hives and shit. Pockmarks. Mm. Pockmarks. Andrew became an avid consumer of adult videos, particularly rough and violent S&M videos, as his crystal use continued Pornographic videos were probably his most consistent form of sexual release, yet an obsession with pornography, says the psychiatrist, wouldn't make Andrew look out of the usual at all. So everyone was doing crystal meth. Everyone was watching this S&M stuff. Now, Andrew liked to brag a lot about the people, the guys that, quote, kept him. In fact, he would... Often. How many did he have? Now, so when you think of Andrew Cunanan, don't think of like, oh, let's have casual sex. No, all any sex you have with Andrew Cunanan is going to be extremely violent, extremely rough. He would take duct tape, and these are for his millionaire real estate moguls. Hmm. He'd chain them up to the bed, handcuffs. They can't move. Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, you like that? You like the feeling that I could do whatever I want and you have no power? And they did like that. He would take uh, straight duct tape 
and wrap it around their face. Oh, my God. Yes, and around their mouth where they couldn't breathe. And at last second, he would poke a hole in it. thing about the S&M is you come so close to death so much because you have no control. The master or the dom is in control. Basically, he's in control of your life. Mm. That's why it's so, I think, the psychology of S&M leading to more violent acts, as in murder and spree killing, is because you're controlling life and death, literally. And, I mean, who knows the boundaries? I mean, you people come so close to death. I mean, think about the guys that hang themselves when they're... Well, you know, whacking their weasel and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's the it same called? thing. Auto-erotic fixi- Yeah, that's how um, Ro- Robin Williams died. Rest in peace. I love your movies. But yeah, he died from whacking his little uh, wiener. I didn't know he was... I, th- I thought he... I knew he hung himself. I didn't know that it was... He was... No, he... Yeah, because the news didn't want to say that. I mean, he's such a great actor. I don't want... Yeah. I'm not making fun of him, but yeah, he was... He died of, you know, do, d- playing with Peter and... And hanging himself. I did not know that. Yeah. I knew he hung himself. I didn't know that he he was masturbating. Masturbating is probably a better word than playing with your Peter. Yeah. Um, So CEOs are also doing crystal meth. Yeah. He's gaining some weight. He's gaining a lot of weight. This whole thing's uh, the homosexual community. So everyone in comparison to Andrew at his fattest point. Andrew at his fattest point is 185. Oh. I'm fucking 200 pounds. So, so he's not. I, it's in comparison oh. to, but he's in the homosexual community. Everyone has six pack. If you're gay, you have a six pack. I mean, well, you have to. True. That's genetically, yeah. It's not a requirement to be in. In, in Miami at the time, that were, yeah. they were very. Well, he's in California. No, he's still in California. Oh. He's still in San Diego. San Diego. San Di- he's still in San Diego. Well, even... even he, doesn't don't, he doesn't get to my... We're not going to talk about him traveling out of San Diego until the next episode. Oh, okay. So this whole time, he's in San Diego. Oh, whoops. Aside from when we started when he was in Miami. And killed... Yeah, but I wanted to start there because, know. you know, clickbait. Okay, let's get on to some fucking killing. I'm tired of talking about this. I'm going to go straight into this. He met two really good friends, Jeff Trail and a guy named David. Now, David was the object of desire for Andrew. Andrew's never been in love, but once, not once, but when he met David, his whole world. Are they around the same age? Now, this is because all of the other guys are like his sugar daddy, you know? Yeah, they're around the same age. David. Uh, Jeff Trail was a former Navy officer, and Jeff Trail and David were already good friends, and Andrew kind of came into their circle. Now, they, they were basically using Andrew just like everyone else. They Because Andrew had a lot of money. He was dealing a lot of drugs, and he would take David and Jeff out to these fanciful dinners, you know, the wine bars, and sometimes spend like 40 grand a weekend. He was making a lot of money dealing drugs. Mm-hmm. I want you guys to know that. And being a kept boy. David was actually using Andrew from what everyone saw because Andrew actually loved David. He brought up marriage multiple times to David, always getting rejected. Andrew would constantly shower David with expensive Ferragamo shoes. All right, but there was nothing sexual. They were both gay, but David did not want to put out to Andrew. And... Probably because David liked his sex. Vanilla. 
That wasn't actually in the book. Was He's, it really? Yeah, is that like a thing? Yeah, they call it vanilla, like boring. Holy shit, I was I thought they just put that in there. Yeah, David liked his set sex vanilla. I was like vanilla sex. <laughs> that sounds delicious. <laughs> Cream. <laughs> sex with vanilla ice cream. That sounds good. The ice, the ice cream. The ice cream. The ice cream. Holy shit. Guys, so, I haven't yeah. had ice cream in forever. David was a very successful architect. And he basically put up with Andrew in all his lies. And for some reason, he never put out sexually because probably he liked vanilla sex with vanilla ice cream, <laughs> like Jen said. And, uh, you know, Andrew liked it. Bang, bang, bang! You know, so banging and vanilla ice cream don't mix, obviously. No, that'll just make a mess. All right, like, fuck it. Let me get to some damn murders. All right, Andrew Cunanan ends up killing both his best friends. Oh, These that's are awful. the first murders he's ever committed. Okay, so Jeff Trail and David Madison. I want to point out they were living in Minnesota at the time. So. Cunanan actually moves down there to just visit, but ends up staying, basically crashing on the couch or whatever, at David's house in Minnesota. And then he flies back to San Diego, which was another reason why police hardly couldn't catch him, because he was in Minnesota. And then you have all these jurisdictions. On April 27th, David's loft is his nice loft. Okay, now while David was there, Jeff came over. And remember, Andrew had a thing for David. Jeff comes up. They start arguing. He's arguing with Jeff, all this stuff. Fuck you, all this stuff. And they think it's they think it may have been over money. Jeff was a bodybuilder, and Andrew at the time was selling steroids because you're in the gay community. You have to have a six-pack. So everyone's also doing steroids. So obviously, Andrew's on top of crystal meth selling steroids. So some people think it was over that, but honestly, no one would ever know. They start arguing, but what police do know is that Andrew Cunanan at some point picked up a claw hammer, you know, the hammer, uh, any hammer, it's got the claws on the other side, Uh because they were renovating the kitchen. He picks up a hammer, and not with the front, with the blunt side, like normal people would do, but with the fucking claw, 27 repeated blows to the face. Of Jeff's face, just bow, 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 with David standing right there, like, ah, you know, like, what are you doing? This is his best friend. He's hitting him with a claw hammer, like, yeah, 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 you know? There were multiple defense wounds on his left wrist and hand, and in fact, his watch, Jeff Trail's dead body on his watch was stopped at 9.45 when... The exact second when Andrew hit him wow. with that hammer, stopped his watch because he got hit with yeah. a hammer. So they knew exactly what time he died. Wow. Now, he may have been there trying to collect money because at this point, he's doing a lot of crystal meth. His money's running out. He's just, I mean, he's a fucking meth head. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> he's literally a meth head. <laughs> You're saying Andrew was there to collect money. Yeah, Andrew was there because Andrew's running out of money. Right. I used to have a friend like that. He has he would make a lot of money, but he would start running out. He just kept spending it. Andrew would go out on weekends and spend thousands of dollars. If he would just open a savings account, none of this book wouldn't even be written. Whatever conversation took place once Jeff was inside the apartment was brief. 
There is a dent in the wall to the left of the door, suggesting that one of the hammer blows missed Jeff. But another, which connected while the door was open, before a neighbor heard it slam shut, spent a, sent a splattering of blood across the hallway. Mm. Pieces of brain matter lodged in the door frame itself. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is why you don't do S&M, people. Because it leads to claw hammering your best friend 27 times in the face with brain matter going all over the damn door. It was David's loft. But Jeff got murdered. Jeff was coming over to visit. Mm -hmm. Jeff got murdered. But it was David's loft, and they had a dog in the apartment and everything else. He didn't murder David right there. But when the police, because the police were searching for David, David's work had been trying to contact him and knocking on the door and everything, and they heard the dog barking and oh, so everything else because no no one knew about the murder. Wait, okay. was, I thought David was there. David was there, but Jeff got murdered. But David, he's now Missing? just witnessed Andrew claw hammer his best friend. You think Andrew's going to be like, all right, can you just go back to work and act normal? No. Andrew Cunan is like, you're going to stay right with me or I'm going to kill you. He's threatening him. Wow. Does that make sense? So, yeah. so Dave, yeah, basically. David didn't go to work. His employer got really worried. They came to the door multiple times. They could hear the dog barking. They finally let themselves into the apartment. And what they saw in the apartment was ridiculous. Number one, blood splatter all over the law, empty loft. David's loft, Jeffrey's killed. Exactly. David's loft, blood splatter everywhere. Um, There were two footprints, though. One with shoes, one with not shoes. That means that it has to be someone... Now, they didn't even know who Cunanan was at this time. This is his first murder. Mm -hmm. No one knows who Cunanan is. When the maintenance people opened the door, the, uh, the loft maintenance people, they saw a bloody rug propped up against the couch. I mean, this guy's an architect too, so he lives in nice loft. It's like this beautiful rug propped up against the couch with two tennis shoes sticking out from the other side. (laughs) Basically Mm -hmm. a body rolled up in the rug. And they just left it there. Andrew Cunanan and, and David left Jeff's body well, Jeff didn't. I mean, David didn't really leave it there. He I, I know, was but forced like, out. exactly. So now David's being kidnapped by Andrew Cunanan, and they and now this body's in a rug. But for days after the police got there and everything, they because they didn't want to touch the crime scene, so they never unrolled the rug. So the whole time they thought it was David that was oh. in the rug. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's why it's confusing. They thought David was in the rug. Oh. <laughs> Oh, weird. Yeah, it's really confusing. That's crazy. They never fucking unraveled it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And when I mean, they, they finally, did eventually. They finally unraveled it. They're like, and wait then, a minute. Yeah, and this was after the OJ case. And then David turns in from victim to suspect. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So this was after the OJ case. So when the, the, and the FBI was involved in everything, when they finally unraveled the rug and found out it wasn't David... They were like, we got to get out of this house, this loft, because we don't have a search warrant. Mm. And this may not hold up in court because we're in someone else's loft, David's loft, and he ain't dead. He ain't in the rug. So if he did, David did kill him, 
and we entered his home without a search warrant, this body in a rug may not even hold up in court. What? Wow. <laughs> so they crazy. had to leave the loft and then go get go a search get warrant to back. go back to get the body in the rug. <laughs> Oh my that god. Crazy. That That's nuts. Wild. Yeah. Wow. Holy shit. Wow. Jeff's body resting against the sofa could be seen from the front door in the whole kitchen dining area. His legs were sticking out and covered with neatly folded off-white afghan. All right, so in the second part we're going to talk we're going to go through the whole spree killing from he just killed Jeff. We're going to talk about how he kills David. We're going to talk about how he kills his real estate mogul and we're going to talk about how he kills someone completely random. As he's going through Florence, South Carolina. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. Yeah, he comes down here. Yeah. He goes down 95, and we're going to talk about that Interstate 95 all the way down through Florence, South Carolina, all the way down to Versace's mansion, about uh, a couple blocks away from his mansion, completely undetected. Now, they eventually find out they're searching for a guy named Cunanan or Cunanan. They couldn't tell. Da Silva. Silva. They don't know who the hell. The news reports that are coming out is like, this guy David is a killer. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Because we thought he was in a rug, but he ain't in a rug. So now he's got to be the killer. Fucking crazy. The story is nuts. But the cops didn't know what to fucking do. And they honestly, they didn't really care until the next murder, which we're going to talk about next time. His most I don't even want to, like, think about it. It's the most brutal murder probably any serial killer has ever done. We're going to mm. talk about that next. No, it's real bad. Mm. It's uh, the real estate mogul. You realize mogul. what we've covered, right? Yeah, the real estate mogul, uh, Lee Miglin. And a lot. you can't even hardly find news about it because even to this day, the family still has real estate holdings. And they do not want people to know that he was involved in some sadomasochist Masochist. Masochist, uh, boy situation because he had a wife and kids. So even his son denies it to this day that they ever met Andrew Cunan, and they say it's just a random attack. I call bullshit. Everyone else does too. But anyway, um, we're going to talk about that. It's probably the most brutal murder head that has ever occurred on the face of the earth. I'm going to get really detailed into that. I'm going to talk about how he kills his other best friend, David, which is now his hostage, and they go down to Florida together. So um, he went from, just to clarify, he went from California and he killed these guys in Minnesota. Exactly. Because he Did knew these guys. Did they meet in California? He, he knew these guys for a couple of years. From back in California. Yeah, And he exactly. went to go visit them. Okay. And then they were in Minnesota. Then he went to visit them by plane. Now, think about this time. Andrew had plenty of money. At one point, he was hanging out with Lisa Kudrow. Nuh-uh. Yeah, I swear to God. I mean, and... Yeah, he was hanging out in these big elite circles. No one knew the wiser that he was a fucking drug dealer making a shit ton of money and doing sadomasochism cat boy stuff. Like, no one knew that because he always had these lies. Oh, yeah, my father is a sugar plantation owner in the Philippines. People bought that shit. And when it finally unravels in the next episode, we're going to talk about when it finally unravels. He's now on crystal meth. He's killed one person, his best friend, and now he's a spree killer because he doesn't he doesn't want to stop. You can't stop. He's already killed one. Now he's got to kill as many people as he can. He actually goes for his mirror opposite, Gianni Versace, which is everything that Andrew is not. Because Versace is real, self-made. Andrew is not. He's fake. Mm. He's not self-made. They're both immigrants. It's everything that Andrew 
was jealous of. Mm, yeah. And he would be like, Versace's clothes sucks, all this stuff. You know, fuck <laughs> Versace. His stuff is good. Fuck his clothes are just out of style. That's why John Douglas was talking about he's a, that's why his book is titled The Assassination, because he went down to Miami for one fucking purpose. He became an an assassin. Huh. Spree killer to assassin. Hmm. The whole time, meth head. Now, so the Netflix series does not do that death any justice at all. At all. If you watch the Netflix series and you see that real estate mogul death, it ain't is barely what happened. Oh, I'll, I'll get, I'm getting in detail next week. That is the most brutal murder I've ever even encountered. And we're going to talk about That's that. That's saying something. So, yeah. Considering. So be sure. Just, just go back to mm, Dennis blood, Nelson. good to the last drop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was worse. Okay. Yeah. So be sure to subscribe to Talk Murder Me. Last week, we got over 100 subscribers alone. People are loving this podcast. It's getting all over the place. We're, we're, we're ranking higher and higher and higher. We're getting a lot of downloads. So be sure to subscribe so you can be part, so of, it. Be part of it. And part two for Talk Us Primos, don't forget, will be recorded on video. So you can see us here in our new studio. And we love you guys. If you guys love the show, want to support us, go to talkmurder.com slash join and become a Talk Us Primo. Get a lot of swag and a lot of love for us. And I'll see you on the next episode. Italian leather shoes, Versace. No, Ferragamo. Ferragamo, Versace, Banana Republic. I'm going to get down dirty talking about bloods.